Thanks for uh, engaging with us. I'm excited to see what your answers are and what makes you tired. Uh, let's uh, say a, a brief word of prayer before we uh, dive more into this idea of cornerstone. Uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation, the thoughts of my heart, and the meditation and thoughts of our hearts be acceptable, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So we're going to obviously be talking about a, a cornerstone. And the first thing that we really want to do is, is just be able to uh, think about the difference between cornerstones today and cornerstones in the Bible. It's an important distinction to make, I believe. Uh, cornerstone today, just at least from my perspective, cornerstones today are more like a memorial plaque. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're more like a fancy, you know, beautiful stone that, that you sort of put on the building eventually. And, um, and the whole point of that is to maybe, you know, signify like, hey, this is when the building opened. This is when the building was built, right? That's kind of the, the whole point of it is to, to identify uh, in sort of a pretty way um, something significant about the building. In Bible times, uh, cornerstones were less about being beautiful <laughs> and less about being um, uh, how do I say this? Less about being, uh, uh, you know, a, a memorial of something and more, you know, being useful. Uh, uh, cornerstones in the Bible were very important, very marvelous stones. Um, they were always at the base of the corner, right? So two walls come together, a corner, and then they're at the base of the corner. Um, just see this, right? For a cornerstone in Bible times, all of the weight and alignment of the entire building leaned on that one cornerstone, all of the weight. So, so every other stone would be built in such a way off of the cornerstone that the weight was leaning on that cornerstone. Um, the, the cornerstone also helped to line everything up. So you get that one in, in place first, and then uh, it, it determines the alignment of the rest of the building. It's a massively important uh, stone or, or, or rock that gets placed into a structure. Um, uh, there, there's uh, uh, just, uh, if you're studying your Bible at home, uh, you might find some people talking about an arch. And uh, sometimes in an arch, right, that, that middle stone at the very top is also referred to as the cornerstone. Even though it's not in a corner, it's at the top of an arch. But that's the one that's significant, right, because an arch is going to be built, you know, stone on top of stone on top of stone on top of stone. And there's usually uh, supports that are holding each side of the archway up until that middle stone at the very top of the arch gets put into place. And then the supports are removed and those uh, two sides of the arch kind of lean in on each other, and when they lean on, on each other, the supports can be removed because that cornerstone, that middle stone, is in place. Um, there's also kind of this inferred image uh, that comes with cornerstone language in Scripture, that there's, um, that there's a builder out there, and the builder has in mind, you know, how the structure is going to look. And, and so he's out there and he's looking for all the different, he's looking at all the different options, right? All the different stones, all the, all the available stones that could become the cornerstone. And, and what he does, nope, not that one, not that one, not that, that one. I want that one. Can you bring that one over here? Okay, put it right here. Uh, no, 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 twist it a little, no, no, twist it back a little. Oh, that right there, right? This is the stone that's, that every other stone is going to be built on. Now, this is the stone that's going to line up the rest of the building. So there's kind of that inferred image of a master builder. 
Uh, we're going to look at the, uh, at the words of First of Peter chapter 2 in just a second. It's important to identify um, who that book is written to. Uh, Peter's going to be talking about stones and cornerstones and how we deal with cornerstones. But it's important to just identify that this book is written to people who are in exile. Uh, this book is written to people who are grieved by various trials. Uh, it's written to people that are suffering because they're standing up for Jesus and saying, yeah, Jesus is my cornerstone. And so just look at this. It is written to people who are tired. It's written to people who have trouble on top of trouble on top of trouble. And boy, they need somewhere to lean. And so what Peter does in kind of a brilliant way is he's sort of saying, hey, look, I know you're tired. Let me remind you where you should lean. So uh, let's kind of dive in here. Uh, this is the words of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. It reads like this, as you come to him, a living stone. We're going to look at the rest of it in a minute, but I, but I just want to pause there. Living stone. This is significant, right? Um, uh, this is, uh, we have to bring back the language one more time, right? We're in this series called Rocks. And so the, a, a stone, a rock, is something that is strong, it's dependable, and it's steady, right? It's strong, it's dependable, it is steady. But, but this is something that's more than just a rock. It's more than just a stone. Um, this, is, this is something that's alive, it's hugely significant, right? If something is alive, it can think, it can act, it can actually do stuff. And this is more than just a stone that's alive. It's a person, right? He, as you come to him, a living stone. Right? It's just hugely significant. Um, when we think about the living stone, we, of course, are talking about Jesus. Uh, we go back all the way to the first uh, week in this series, uh, the book of Deuteronomy, where we saw a rock that was more than a rock. It was a person, and it was more than just a person. It was actually God himself. And so we see that same kind of thing right here with this living stone. In Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells a story, and then he says, look, I'm the rock, the stone that the builders rejected, and it has become the cornerstone. Uh, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, uh, uh, Peter, right, who wrote this book, is talking to a different group of people, and he says this. He says, this Jesus who was crucified and, what, risen, this Jesus who was crucified and risen is the stone. So when we see the stone, the living stone, we're talking about Jesus. Um, we're going to move faster than that through the rest of it. I just needed to pause on like the, I'm seeing some thank yous in the room. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, uh, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Now, this is really interesting. Uh, the way that I'm reading this in terms of our uh, cornerstone theme today, what Peter's doing is he's laying out two different groups of builders. On the one hand, you get the group of builders, that's us, people, men. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it's more than just men, it's people. And, and people have this tendency to build structures, right? We build a structure of our life. Uh, we build a structure of our church. We build a structure of an organization. We build a structure of a nation. We're just constantly building structures. And so, so on the one hand, you get this group of builders, which is just all people, not just people back then, but us still today. We're trying to build structures. On the other hand, you get um, a different group, which is really just one person, which is God himself. And we'll call him the master builder. We'll call him the master builder. And God is the master builder of all things. He, he built all things. He's building all things. There's no better builder than God himself. 
And just see what happens here. They both have a different perspective on the living stone. Um, we, people, um, look at the living stone and they reject that living stone. Now, to reject of something means that you disapprove of it. Uh, so we uh, look at the living stone, and for whatever reason, we'll talk about it later, uh, for whatever reason, we look at it and we say, disapprove, not worthy, not going to build my life on that. God, on the other hand, looks at the living stone and says, this is chosen, this is precious, this is the stone that all of life can be built on. Very different perspectives on the one living stone that we know of. <clears throat> Let's keep going. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to uh, bring in an Old Testament reference. Um, he's quoting the Old Testament here. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a co cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So what he's doing, right, he's identified the living stone. He's identified the two different uh, groups of builders. And now he's going to zoom in on the master builder, God himself. Do you see that? I, that's God talking, I am laying in Zion a stone. Um, <clears throat> Zion is, uh, is sometimes in Scripture an earthly temporary place. Uh, Zion and Jerusalem are equivalent. They are the same. Uh, but very often in Scripture, Zion is more than a, a temporary earthly place. It's a heavenly, eternal place. So just look at this. When God says, I am laying in Zion a stone, which one do you think he's uh, referencing here? The temporary earthly place? No, no. He's laying in heaven accessible for all people a stone to build life on. And that stone is chosen and it's precious. Um, chosen uh, is, is a great word, right? It it's, uh, taps into that builder looking for the perfect stone. To be chosen means that you're you're picked out of all the other options. <laughs> uh, to be precious means that you are highly prized. You're, you're lifted up. You're honored above all the other options. And, and God looks at the living stone and says, look, this is the one that I want. Bring it over here. Line it up just right. Anybody that, that this, this one is worthy of all the other stones leaning on it. This stone is the one that everybody should line themselves up with. This, this, this cornerstone, this stone is going to be the one that, that will make everything right. And then that, that language, right, of, of, of believing, uh, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. The language is whoever trusts in him will not be disappointed. That's a beautiful promise, right? God is promising us, hey, look, this is the stone that I want all of life to be built on, and when you lean on it, you won't be disappointed. Not ever, not once. Every single time that you lean on this stone, it will hold up your weight. It will support you. It will be there for you. If you line yourself up with this rock, with this stone, 
guess what? It's going to be the, the perfect line for you. It's going to put you in the perfect place at the perfect time in the perfect moment. There's no better stone than this living stone named Jesus. Let's keep going. Uh, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Uh, I would, uh, uh, for our uh, slide and tech people, if you can land on verse eight there, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, that's the one that we'll kind of be uh, zeroing in on. Uh, Peter shifts gears, right, just to kind of follow the sequence. He identifies the living stone. He talks about the two different groups of people, uh, the two different groups of builders. He's focused in on the master builder, God, and now he's focusing in on on, uh, the other builders, the not-so-good builders, the not-so-masterful builders. And the language here is that um, it's kind of like they know that Jesus is out there, and that Jesus is an option to build life on, that Jesus is an option to lean on, that he's an option to line uh, themselves up with. But for the not-so-masterful builders, he's just one option among many. That's kind of the language that's being used here. And and if we're honest, um, that's kind of true. There's a lot of options that we can build our life on. There's a lot of different things that we can line ourselves up with. There's a lot of different things that we can lean on. Uh, for me, I was wrestling uh, with this yesterday, and, and, uh, and, and sometimes I, I find myself uh, leaning maybe too much on, on Krista and the things that she says. Uh, sometimes I, I find myself trying to line up my, you know, get enough information to make a wise decision. And then, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to line myself up with and lean on information. Uh, in this uh, crazy season that we're in, right, it's all about strategy and reading enough strategies and gaining enough strategies to, to help our church continue to advance and make the right decisions and keep things going. Oh, so many different options to, to lean on. Those are just my examples. You have other examples. But this is what happens, right? We, we can line ourselves up with, we can lean on a political party, uh, with an activist movement, with a job. We can even lean on and line ourselves up with our family. So many different things that, that we just uh, make our cornerstone. And we know that Jesus is out there, and and that's cool, and and we like a lot of things about him, but then we kind of start looking around for other options, and we say, well, what about this stone? Well, what about this one? And we start, start leaning. We start lining ourselves up with something besides Jesus. And the language here is pretty interesting because it's kind of like, you know, we're so busy looking, you know, out at the horizon at all the other stones, at all the other options, that what ends up happening, of course, is we trip <laughs> and we stumble. We stumble over the, 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 the rock, the cornerstone that God has laid down for all people to lean on and all people to line themselves up with. We stumble over the cornerstone instead of building on it. 
so, so for me, uh, <clears throat> as I would kind of uh, uh, wrap this up, I guess, I, I would, I would kind of put two questions out there in front of you. Uh, one question is simply, what are you listening to and responding to? Uh, there's a couple of reasons that I, I throw that question out there. Right here in this section, uh, you know, after it talks about the, the group of builders that uh, stumbles over the cornerstone of Jesus, um, it says that they didn't hear and respond to the word of God. Uh, we saw that also in Matthew chapter 7. There's a lot of connections between um, Jesus being our rock and our foundation and hearing and actually responding to what he says. And so, so a question for me, right, is what am I listening to and responding to? Because it's a question that kind of helps me to diagnose, well, what, what am I making my cornerstone? Because I don't know about you, but what I tend to do is I, I sort of do this thing where I say, yeah, Jesus is the cornerstone of my life. And, and most days I would say, yeah, Jesus is the cornerstone of my day. But then something kind of happens through the course of the day and I play this game where it's almost like Jenga. I'm taking Jesus out of that cornerstone position and I'm putting something else in there. I begin to listen to something else. I begin to respond to something else more than I'm listening to Jesus and more than I'm responding to Jesus. And so, so this first question, what am I listening to and responding to, is really helpful for my own process of uh, confession, uh, admitting my sin, uh, admitting that I'm playing this game and somehow or another I've taken Jesus out of that cornerstone place and I've put something else in. And that means that my structure is not going to be as strong as it could be. That means that I'm probably lining myself up in the wrong way and with the wrong thing. What am I listening to and responding to? The, the second question that I would just sort of plant uh, in front of you is what do you think God does? What do you think God does when you play that game and you take Jesus out and you put in some kind of other stone? I just, I was really wrestling with this yesterday because if it's me, right, and, and, and I'm saying, hey, this is the stone you should build on, and then you choose not to build on that, I'm taking my stone and going home, right? Or I'm saying, see, I told you, I knew that wouldn't hold you up. But that's not what God does. What God does is he says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. No matter how many times you play that game, we have a heavenly father who is laying that stone in Zion for all of life to be built on. No matter how many times you reject or disapprove or turn to something else, you have a heavenly father who is laying that stone down and saying, look, lean here. Line yourself up with this. And he just keeps pointing, saying this. This is the cornerstone. This one is chosen and precious, and it's all that you need. So those two questions, right? The, the first one, kind of a, a question that moves us to admit our sin and confess. What are you listening to and responding to? And the second one is so gracious. What does God do? He keeps pointing. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for being that living stone. 
We thank you for being so strong and so mighty that we can always come to you no matter how tired we are. Oh man, no matter how many times we have turned away and chosen a different stone. No matter how many times we have listened to something else and responded to something else. We know we can be certain, 100% confident that you'll be there ready for us to lean once again. And so please, um, on our best days, remind us that you want us to lean. On our worst days, be that strong, mighty rock that holds us up. And each and every day, allow us to line ourselves up with you so that we land in the right place at the right time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus, for choosing Jesus to be that chosen and precious stone that all of life, my life, can be built on. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.